0: Hey, what's up guys? Lucas Burnley here along with my co-host TJ Schwartz and you are listening to the Edge and Flow podcast. Um both of us I think are on the edge maybe right now. Uh, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, man. Uh TJ, I'm going to let you kick it off, man. You're fully
1: in Turn Production. Turns are not only in production, they we sh- we sold since the last podcast. We sold the first batch. And they are being delivered to customers right now. So today I just scrolled through the tracking numbers in my like shipping app thing. Uh And it's like anybody who's domestic and who isn't like in Hawaii or something is not anybody, but a lot of them are getting them today. But the next few days, they're probably all going to land domestically. So that was was quick. Yeah, me too, man. I've seen like a
0: few uh, pop up in the Facebook group already. Uh, So that's pretty rad. Hopefully that will keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. Okay, that's first run, first collaboration, first run done. Mm-hmm. Any big insights? Like we want to recap it.
1: I, I'm super happy with how it went, dude. I really am. Um, it. The only thing that I was worried about was the sheaths because yep. everything else pretty pretty in line. But like without handles, I wondered if it would have consistency with the retention. Mm-hmm. And the one I sent you had very wiggly retention because yep. of, we didn't talk about this on the pod, I guess. Yeah. We, sure uh, we might not have. Okay. Definitely I mean, did. if we
0: did, we can recap it anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, I sent you one knife prior yep. to launching it to get like the just designer feedback and stuff. And the sheath body knife that I made your sheath with was not tumbled, but the actual knife was. And yep. so without handles, the knives that have chamfers that haven't been tumbled are like really sharp chamfers like crisp. Mm-hmm. And obviously the tumbled ones are slightly right ra- radius. And so the sheath only indexing on steel and no handles, if it's made on a knife that's not tumbled and then a tumbled knife goes in, there's actually a surprising amount of wiggle. Like yeah, I was I was amazed that it made that much of a difference.
0: Yeah, because we're talking a really nominal, nominal nominal amount of change from tumbling. Yeah. But with with molding Kydex off of hard features, every little bit like really comes into play.
1: Yeah. And so I I went ahead and tumbled one really hard or the sheath knife, the the sheath mule. I tumbled Mm -hmm. really hard so that it would have radiuses, even tumbled it a little bit more so that you would have like actual interference fit. Yeah. And then I I was actually a little worried about that. I was wondering if I was going to have to take like a Dremel and like do even more relief on the knife to where it would have even more of an interference fit uh, didn't have to I made like 20 of the sheaths and then I went and tested them all I was testing them as I went but I wanted to make sure that putting each individual knife in each individual sheath yep. would not I wouldn't see like variables starting to pop up across numbers didn't have any issues and I was really happy so I hope people are happy with the attention because that that was a hurdle I saw coming that didn't come so mm-hmm. that was good
0: it, it, it's really hard on thin knives in general because every little bit it can just totally change the feel of the sheath yeah so even the one you sent me the prototype like it it had wiggle but completely within like like actually better than like a lot of kydex i've felt so it had a little bit of wiggle but the retention itself was still good so if these are better than that i think that is that's awesome
1: i it should be similar retention but should be zero wiggle if not just very very tiny amount nice um yeah so yeah i was i was really happy and and though she's just came together quickly and i went ahead and made all those uh kind of dalton's basically we kind of split and i was like i'm gonna work on getting all these turns out and he's working on maintaining other other models um so we ended up being a cool shop experience him and i kind of really dividing and conquering and went super well
0: that's awesome one thing i was curious about was um i know that you had some options that people could order mm -hmm. any takeaways from the options
1: um well, the sheath options is what you're talking about because there yep. were no options on the blade. They were yep. tumbled. But sheath, yeah, carry yeah. options. And, and so inside of ordering the knife, you had to choose what you wanted for the color of the sheath and mm-hmm. for the eyelets, whether brass or black oxide. And okay. so it was just a range, like a rainbow of sheaths, which I thought was really fun. That's pretty um, fun. And it, it it worked really good. So it, I don't fully do that. So my other models are standard with a black sheath. Right. With black eyelets but you can opt up to the full custom sheath and the only reason i did that is we are targeting being able to turn knives around pretty quickly mm-hmm. and so the verbiage on the website doesn't yet read this because we're not caught up yet but what it's going to be is like if you just want it as soon as possible get the black sheath mm-hmm. because it's the one thing we can't pre-make if you're going to be doing like different eyelets and colors right. we, too many yeah you don't know what it'll be yeah but with this knife we're not, it's a little bit of a different model and there is no customizability on the tang on the knife. So I'm like, let's just throw in full customizability on the sheath. I think it went really well. It was, it was smooth.
0: I think that's cool. Well, and it kind of keeps like you're finding an area that you can kind of keep one, one level of customization in place. I, I think that's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And so I love I love colored Kydex in general, yeah, um, you me know, too. I think it's pretty sweet. So, and I,
1: I, uh, yeah, so I launched it and it said, I tried to put in like bold red that like these knives are complete, they're sharpened and they're ready to roll, but just be aware it's going to be like a few business days because you are ordering a custom sheath. Um, and so luckily it went smooth and a couple of business days later they were out. So no sense of like
0: a balance of color. Like, was there a favorite color?
1: No, honestly, I, I did have the data in mind because the early days of the Overland, it was all wide open like that. And it's Mm -hmm. like. What I found was a lot of my early Overland sales were based on YouTube reviews. So like Nick Shabazz did oh, a review with a sage sheath and a brass islet. And it was like an overwhelming amount of that. And I was sure. like, oh, maybe that's the standard. And then as that tapered off, then it would migrate. And another YouTube video would come out with a different sheath. And I found that it was like people would see something and some, someone would have something, like an influencer, and they would gravitate towards that. But it could never really nail down like a favorite. I think black on black always sells well, um, just because it's classic. Yeah. Um, but it's like a range. It really is a rainbow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Love it.
0: Um, okay. So what is, what is next step for turn?
1: So we already machined the next batch. It's sitting in the shop, um, waiting to join another batch of overlands to go to heat treat, which we still have to machine the overlands. Um, like I said, I'm laminating these in with these other models. So it's not just like all hands on deck on the next batch, like as soon as possible. Um, It's just going to fit in in the next weeks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just going to have to fit in when it does. And then we'll do another drop. Nice.
0: Mm -hmm. Love it.
1: Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Dalton ran the, I ran all the first turns and I made the first batch of sheaths. I do think I like that. And then Dalton ran the second batch of turns on the machine And he'll probably file in on the sheaths. So it's like, one thing I do like that I've heard, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, as the owner of the company or like the product development guy, I like to, I like the business model being, I'm going to work on things that are either new or broken if I can. Yep. Um, So it's like, I want to see 40 sheaths come out and I see how every single one comes out. So I know like that we didn't have problems somewhere in the design. Yep. Um, And yeah. So yeah,
0: and then theoretically you can step back. This is something that like Maddie and I have talked about quite a bit, which is as the process changes. So like like talk about shipping or something like that, where you have a process, our shipping process is no longer a process that I developed and am competent in. In an ideal world, I think you actually like step back occasionally and like relearn the new system. At, at our scale, mm-hmm. because if like, if I had to ship right now, like it would take me quite a while to like figure out what that yeah. process was. If I didn't have Maddie handy to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously like you scale to a point where that's not relevant anymore, but yeah. in early days, I think that's pretty key. You
1: no, know, I, I noticed that like Dalton's doing all the assembly. So like scales on knives, you know, the different hardwares and, and things. And I stepped in and assembled a few cause he was doing something else. And he had like the drawers are set up. We have all the colors, all the different, you know, options mm-hmm. labeled and stuff. He had them exactly how he likes them. And I was like kind of lost. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm not gonna do this anymore. Yeah. Like you can just do it. Yeah. And then uh, so that's probably the department that he's like completely taken is mm-hmm. assembly. It's like nice. it's Dalton's little territory. Nice.
0: Are you sure. having him do are you having him do like any order and op sheets? Like, are you having him
1: like, yeah, like write down process, like process sheets? Um, I haven't really done that. We have prints that we've been putting out in the shop, which we need yeah. to do more of. Um, process? No, we don't have a whole lot of that. Um, just curious. There's a couple of processes that we documented, like uh, on the sile, There was a couple things that was like you have to go through a couple menu screens to do a couple weird mm-hmm. things in weird scenarios uh we've documented some of that but like as far as making the knives um besides putting like notes straight on machines like on our yeah. sandblaster what psi's and then like on the laser we have fixturing for that and there's some information um but no not not really robust process sheets Like yeah, assembly might, sheets might, yeah might be a good idea
0: and it and it might not matter but it's one of those things where you can look at it occasionally like i always wonder if i develop something um fully step away from it a year goes by. Would I have, would I have set it up that way now? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot of processes that you can, that essentially can become dated, even though they were a good way to do it at the outset. Mm -hmm. And this could fully be like a weird, like ADHD over analysis kind of response thing. But that's why I've always written stuff down. I can like go back and like, Oh, how was I doing it here? Okay. Um, You know, it's, I'm running into it in like weird areas now, um, with like, I've been having trouble with anodizing for a while, which is Mm -hmm. really strange, but there's enough variables that have changed in my overall process that I've been having a hard time figuring out like what step is now creating a problem. Mm -hmm. Had I written down kind of all of the initial processes
1: I think I would be in a better spot to like diagnose it. Yeah. So that's a, yeah. Jay Pearson, Pearson workholding. He's, Mm -hmm. he's a beast at that kind of thing. And he's, he's made the point that it's like you get it out of your head and on paper, then you can allow yourself to forget it. Yep. And then you can just go back to it whenever you need it, which is back into It takes the weight off your mind. Um, No, that's, that's wise. Like we've done, we've done a couple of things, but not enough. We should do more of that.
0: Well, especially if he's starting to like make changes to process or like organization and stuff, it's like the date a change is made, the date, like, just like, I always think that stuff over a long time horizon is probably pretty valuable. You're like, when did we start doing it this way? Mm -hmm. Huh? Okay. You go back and you're like, Oh, 2023. Like, okay. We switched. We like totally reorganized the pick and pull system or whatever. Yeah.
1: One, one thing, one crisis, not crisis, but one thing we averted along those lines is like, so the first confidants were bevel ground on mm-hmm. a Seatman by Tactile, mm-hmm. which is great. And then we went to milling the bevels. And so mm-hmm. the, the plunge ends up being a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was worried that our sheaths were going to have conflicts with right. the new sheaths being made to the new milled bevels. If someone orders, a lot of people actually order sheaths from me four knives right. they've ordered like yeah. six months ago um and i was worried that i was like, gonna have to set up on the website like pictures of like what one do you have right before... which generation and I, I that felt messy and i always like gr- kind of grinded my teeth over that but what we did is we took one of the ground bevels and we put it in the sheath that had been made on the new plunge and we covered it in and we just ran it in and out of the sheath, like a whole yeah. bunch of times to see if we were getting rubbing on the Dycom, and we didn't. And so luckily the sheaths will work. That's
0: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Generational changes is hard. I yeah. always <laughs> think about that. Like.
1: I've been thinking about a gen two Overland for a while now, but it's like, there's a few things that I have ideas for, but it's like, shoot, like it would have to be a new model and like a complete next generation because like, Sheaths are going to change. I mean, it would just it changes. changes. Well, complete turnover
0: like, that that seems like a process that you can probably start to develop now. And this this is something that I've always struggled with, which like early on custom, uh, every run of knives I did, even of the same model, I was always changing. But I was doing everything by hand. Mm-hmm. So it was I would change my pattern and then the next knives are different. But I was hand making everything. So it didn't matter. Kind of. I realize now that there are essentially like it's probably strip it down to like two levels of change. Like you have one level of change that only increases like either, maybe there's three. So like optimization of how you make it, but it doesn't physically change the design. Um, A design that improves the function. Right, but doesn't change like fixturing or some other external dimension. So like it could be like on a folder, you're like, I'm gonna add weight relieving pockets on the inside and I'm gonna add a lock bar insert. It's like both of those are new steps, and like one of them is a new component, but it it exists inside of your current model. Mm-hmm. And then the third is you have a visual change
1: a true to the model. Change. Yeah, yeah,
0: which is usually the one that really starts to change how you make it, how you sheath it, how other parts work with it. Um, and I feel like there's probably a some like reasonable mm-hmm. level of like when and why to change. And at what point, yeah, is it just like a fully new model? You're like, I've had the Overland for five years. We're now releasing the Gen 2. The first one is completely gone, but like, then you have like, you've had a long timeline to like at least produce the one that's efficient. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I have thought about like, if I were to do that and this is hypothetical, this is not like immediate plan, but I've thought like, would it be a gen two or would it be the Overland two? And you have both. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's you, a question, you know,
0: well, and the question, I think the answer in there probably is like, what are the nature of the changes?
1: Well, I don't want to dig into it right now. Honestly, right. like I'm keeping it under my hat because yeah, I have some don't thoughts. have to, but I think that's yeah. the
0: question. Yeah. yeah it right. Is. Because all of a sudden, is it like, is it an evolution and is it a different model or is it just like some minor tweaks, but yeah. like someone who isn't super knowledgeable would look at it and think it was the same nice. And,
1: and also, is it all around better or am I making decisions that hurt it in other ways yeah. where the, they might prefer the original over it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if it's all around. I guess
0: like the quiken and the squid probably have, there are generations. So I think there's either three, there's maybe three generations of quiken and three generations of squid. Those, I'm getting ready to do the second generation of tuna. Nice. Um, But in the tuna for right now, all of those changes will be kind of uh, operational changes. Mm. Like, just small improvements. Like I want to add a lock bar insert. I want to change. Maybe I want to switch to bearings. I want to, you know, it's not really like the visual components of the knife. Yeah. 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 Dude, efficient efficient's hard. It's really hard for me.
1: I had a, I had a realization just like in the last month, actually about efficiency, because like I've had a few people look at the big picture, what I'm doing and be like, Oh, that looks efficient. Sure. I like disagree when I hear that, and it, I think it's because each component of what I'm doing individually, each one, is actually kind of slow by my the way it looks to me. Sure. But I think an efficiency that we've gained in our shop that it's like the shop is more than a combination of its elements in right. that what I did when we first started was it was like if a process was reliable and stable and not fully efficient what I could see it possibly being. I would just move on to the next thing and make it reliable and stable. And so okay. it was like, the only priority was reliable and stable and efficiency was like, not really that important to me up to now. And I think each step being reliable and stable creates like a macro efficiency where I haven't been chasing things. Like it just seems like things just work. Um, and so it's like right. now, I'm actually thinking about making things efficient for what feels like the really the first time and everything up to now has just been like, make it as reliable and stable as possible. Yeah. Um, I think that
0: makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, there's like no, like, I think like efficiency is like almost a trap in certain ways because mm -hmm. being efficient in one area almost assures that you're not efficient in another area. Yeah. So figuring out, what layers or like what elements of efficiency are valuable is one thing that really uh i think comes into play that's like some of the stuff like we talked about last time which is i'm changing my working method based on my new availability of time which is significantly less mm-hmm. so i'm looking at the projects that can be efficient inside of a certain time period that deliver a certain amount of revenue. That's like it, that's its own thing.
1: Yeah. You're you're looking at it like a cellular level, like this block, this product, this block of time. Yes. Like it's like a cell in the midst of the other things you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. that's interesting.
0: It's pretty fun. It's been, it's been a really, um, kind of satisfying process and it's been, crazy. Oh, you know, one thing we can talk about too, a little bit is I just got back from the USN show. Um, and so I was getting, I was like getting ready for that show, uh, got ready for it really quickly. Um, it's interesting, man. Shows, shows are changing, right? The customer base is changing. The makers inside of these shows are changing. It's really, it's really interesting to see. I haven't like, I think it's almost too early to tell like where some of the changes are going, but it's palpable
1: Mm. to trip. Yeah. This was the 14th USN. You need to talk more about it. I want to hear more about USN. We haven't really chatted that much,
0: man. So I had done, I had done the first nine USNs in a row and then with moves and babies, like started missing. I think I've missed three total out of all of them. Um, and I was super nervous, uh, going back to this one. Um, I knew a bunch of makers that had dropped the show. Um, having, it's weird. Cause you work in these rotations where you like, you go to shows and you, people are expecting to see you and then they go to the show. And when you miss shows, sometimes I feel like it's there. The fear is that people forget very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that was not the case, which the f- Saturday morning, like when the doors opened, I was so, this like, just like relief and gratitude because it felt like it felt normal. Like we had a mm. huge rush to the table. There was a line. We did our, we did our pre-sales, like sold everything sold out from the like first come first serve. Um, but it like, it put something I think I like, or like put something into perspective for me a little bit, which is like, we as makers, like, I think there's, there is like a, a certain expectation to the show to like provide you customers. Right. And like, I, over the last couple of years, I've, I've really started to view this differently, which is like, you need to put in the work as a maker to make sure that your base is there and that it supports the show. This might be like, maybe people don't love that as a, as a comment, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's just how I feel. Like I look, I'm like early days, USN. I owe the show like in a, in a weird way. So that the show came from the forum, the forum at that point was the outlet. This is pre-Instagram, you know, like before makers were really using Facebook. So you show up at this show in Vegas with a kind of a captive, captive like audience of people who are already familiar with your work and are in the same community as you. Mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of makers of my generation that that show played like a pretty big Part in their early success. Mm-hmm. Only speaking for myself, like I can one hundred percent say that.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah, so, Jesse. Jesse says the same thing, which we already mentioned. But Jesse Dros, um, I missed. It. I missed that. Like, yeah, I came in right after that. I know. I didn't even really understand the gathering when I came in because I was like, "USM, like, what is this? Yeah, you know? what is it?" Interesting.
0: Yeah. And I wonder, I don't know, man, like right now there are so many shows. um, They're like, we've talked about this a little bit. Like I'm seeing fatigue in makers. I'm seeing fatigue in collectors and I really don't like it. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I know I kind of know how I'm interacting with it, which is like my basic plan is I'm going to reduce the amount of shows that I'm doing even more than I was. And I'm going to focus on making the shows that I can go to like really uh, fun. Nice. And try to hit it really hard. And I did that with USN, but it was a short timeline. So I didn't have a ton of time to prepare. But in that time that I had, I just, I tried to go as hard as I could to make Mm -hmm. things that I knew people would really like. And I think it really paid off. Um, So Yeah. yeah, man, I don't know. It's interesting. I had a, I had a, 13 hour drive on the way in and a 13 hour drive on the way home. And I spent the entire time thinking and Mm -hmm. it was different thoughts headed down as opposed to coming back up, which was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No, I, I can relate to that. I've driven to Vegas a couple of times (laughs) and had the same experience, dude. It's those shows and meeting these people and like going to these events. Like it's so transformative. It's just, it's irreplaceable. It um, is. whatever whatever show is like the big show of the decade or whatever yeah, um whatever it is like you you just gotta be there, and it's not just about making money, it's not just about the knives, like it's just like you said, the energy that you inject into yourself when you talk to these people, see the see the customers' faces like yep it, it's just it just supercharges things, you know what I mean it and really it, does it really
0: me. it really does um i I've been thinking about that more lately, which is like there are. Things, processes, uh, that we hold on to because they are like traditional and shows, shows are one of those that kind of fall into that category for me. But like, I guess the, my, my original thought with this is like figuring out like what you are holding onto that actually has value versus like, you're just doing it because it's like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Shows are one where it could easily become muscle memory. You're just like, oh, this is like how I do it. I go to these shows. If you're not changing, in my opinion, if you're not changing the shows that you're doing, if you're not changing kind of the product that you have available, I think there's some stagnation there. So I think like for myself looking at it, I'm like, oh, like, I'm starting to tailor the product that I bring to the different shows. I'm, I'm really trying to focus on having the bandwidth to like connect to customers in a, in a more meaningful way. And that actually came from going to shows without any product to mm-hmm. be, but I had to like fully step away. Like blade Show is a great example. And we've talked about this so much, which is like you go to blade, you don't have product. You spend all your time talking to people And I felt like I accomplished as much as when I go and sell product. Obviously, it's different. But finding there's like this balance point where I didn't burn myself out going into the show. I like left some I left some energy on the table kind of so that when I showed up, I was like, I was psyched. I was psyched to go out to dinners with people, like spend time. It's just like, I don't know. You can't replace that with social media does it? you know a little bit like you have conversations you can have you can know people but it's almost an extension of the forum where it's like it's a good baseline if you have a group on facebook and those people are going to show it's like they at least have an in to know you and to like be aware
1: of your work it's yeah you know but yeah there's just no replacement for like human interaction at some point i mean you can approximate it many different ways but you just can't Get there all the way, like just yeah. meeting people, going to the pit, going to you know a restaurant with a group of guys or whatever. Like it's just irreplaceable, and yeah, it. I'll, I'll be going to shows forever. Like even if like I'm about to enter an era where I'm going to start selling knives at shows, yep even if that runs its course, I'll still return to going to shows like on foot. Like it's yeah. just I can't not do it. Honestly, as long
0: as you're, I think that there's a point. Like you and I at this point in our lives, like we are industry this is pretty much like in our Mm -hmm. blood. We have enough years where it's just like you're too connected. Yeah. Um, And that's how I feel like, yeah, there might be a time where you're like, Oh shows or, or you're going to certain shows with product and you're going to other shows for social, Mm -hmm. um, long tangent on that. But one of the big takeaways, you hear people, every show talk about how the show wasn't good. Right, like my question is always like, what did you do to make it good?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, how did you show up for the show? How did you show up for your collectors? And is it wh- wh- Wherein lies the problem? Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah, and and not to say like shows can have bad attendance shows. There there's things that can happen, but at the end of the day, man, like I've got 20 years of doing knife shows, like very. I don't know of any shows that are bad for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Someone's always having a good show. Someone's having a bad show. Yeah. So like, where, where do you want to be
1: in that yeah. spectrum? Yeah. You got to sh- kind of show up to play ball. Like it's, it's not just like, uh, my presence at this show is all that is required of me. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to put in the work. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think blade is pretty funny because like, there's a point where you're like, you see, you see, like the old cats sitting there reading a book with a table full of knives. And at that point, like maybe some of them are that's the thing. They're happy doing that. They're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're not there hustling.
1: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: There's some, there's some steps. Gotta hustle.
1: I, I'm, I'm absorbing a lot of this every time you talk about shows because I'm, I'm within a month now of doing my first show as a full on like booth and stuff. So I'm, I'm just internalizing everything and thinking about the approach and it's, it's nerve wracking and exciting. I mean, nerve wracking is weird. Cause it's like, there isn't a huge downside. Like it's, I can drive to it. It's not that hard. It's a two day show. It's like, I'm not like breaking the bank to go down there and do this in the yeah. first place, but it's nerve wracking in that. It's like, Part of me doesn't know what to expect, but
0: that's yeah. you. I actually think that you're in a really beautiful position with Blade West. Essentially, it's a local show. There is a huge amount of potential in that show, some of which you can actually help to like actualize, right? Scale wise, it's still at a point where you're going to be able to like connect with other makers, actually hang out with customers And I think it's the type of show where you will develop new customers just because they walk by. And that is one takeaway from the shows that I've been to recently that um, that process, I feel, is happening less. Mm. I think that a lot of shows, the makers who are known, they're fine but the collectors go to those makers they buy their things and then they go to hang out somewhere else. Yeah. They're not like
1: Perusing. old school
0: blade show like my table didn't close until Sunday when they start rolling up the carpets because I was waiting on that person to walk by and yeah. just happen to buy a knife. That I feel like at the small kind of like tight like real enthusiast shows. I think it's happening less. Yeah. I think with blade West, I think you still have that process. Like you have people that are like, Oh, Hey, a knife show. Like I'm going to roll in on a, yeah. on Saturday and check
1: it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the new thing on the block. It's only yep. the second year. Yep. And what what I'm excited about is that blade show West has had like kind of a spotty history. Mm-hmm. It's kind of been a roller coaster to say Moved the least. around. And then it seemed like you, you were there with me last year. Yep. It seemed like everybody in the room was like, yeah, this yeah. is it. You just is, feel it the roots just went down like yeah. it is the overall vibe and yeah, so big
0: sigh basically
1: ho- yeah and hopefully enough people went home and talked like that to all their maker friends to all their collector friends that they're like well I'm gonna be there next year and that's yeah. like the vibe I got walking out last year was that like a lot of people had messaged me like how was it was it worthwhile like and a lot of people ducked out it weren't you know, we're skeptical because of like the patchy history of blade show West. And I think it's got like this new street cred that it didn't ever have before. So yep. I- I'm curious to see what that, if that materializes this year. Well, and you also have to remember, like there has to be, there has
0: to be open doors in the industry and like at a certain level or generation of maker, you just start to run into this. Like, oh, I want I want the four hour one day show. I want mm-hmm. the invitational. I want the show where I can sell, you know, high dollar open bids, but as, as a new maker or someone who's like building their demand or their brand, having shows where you can just go in and do the work and like network is super, super valuable. And so like shows should not be viewed through the same lens, which I feel like makers kind of do. Right. New makers, Mm -hmm. old makers. It's like new makers assume they need the same show that like the well-established makers do. Mm -hmm. And well-established makers will kind of discount or dismiss like a new show because it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to go back to doing two days of a trade show. Yeah. And I I, I just think there's a lot of value to be found by like
1: switching it up to people,
0: you know? So, yeah, it's. It was it was really good. I actually have a huge stack of notes from USN, just from just from being there and like just getting psyched on the show, on the process. I had Joey with me, um, which is like the first time he's done a show with me in in a few years, and so it was just it was just super fun, man. felt yeah. like felt like energy. People slept outside in the line. They lined up. I want to say, I think someone said they had lined up at like seven or eight in the morning the day before wow and i know people were lining up at like two o'clock in the afternoon the day before wow so
1: that's epic so that's I how do like you have a hear. bad show
0: like yeah. there's people that are literally sleeping outside why are they sleeping there
1: yeah and the anticipation's there yeah that's awesome no yeah. I'm, I'm i'm getting pumped dude it's yeah, it's, it's like i'm rounding the corner to thinking about it because like i got a few like ducks in a row got the hotel book got the things that yep. needed to be done like months ago Yep. And then I put the plan in place that I'm like, the plan to get to the show with product is exactly the same plan I have to get inventory set up in our shop yep. for like turnaround quick times. Yep. So it's like me working on the normal things that I'm doing in the shop is show prep is show right prep. now. And so That's I didn't amazing. have to worry too much about it. But now within a month, now the final details of the booth, the final details of getting the product down there safely in, in terms of like cases or how am I, ta- how am I doing that? Like now I'm like starting to focus on some of those small things. Um, yeah. and I'm excited. I, I have a list right in front of me that I wrote down like over the last week of like things that I need to be aware of. Nice. Um, so I'm- let's do, let's do
0: a little bit of a session, like just a little game plan thing. Cause mm-hmm. we've got lists and it's sometimes it's just like the little convenience things that you can bring to mm-hmm. a show or they make a lot of difference. Um, yeah. a couple recently that I keep telling myself is I never want to go to a show without gifts
1: Mm. because
0: I like to give stuff to people. Um, Having stuff for kids especially is awesome because you go to a show and kids for the most part are not allowed to touch things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if you have like a patch to hand over, like some, you know, like the Nathan's knife kits from CRKT, take like 15 of those. And they're just, it's just a fun, you know, way to connect with people who are used to like no one acknowledging them.
1: That's clever, dude. I like that and I'm change gonna, lots I'm gonna have of to throw change that on lots of list. fives no oh, that's cool <laughs> yeah cha- ca- cash and change that's something that i haven't even begun to think about so i need like to, yeah need to do that Julie
0: always gives me a hard time because i like to price in fives mm-hmm. he's like dude just just end in 20 like stop it don't do 25 like yeah. don't do 325
1: yeah i'm like but i like it it sounds better uh, all like, of my <laughs> prices end in five like yeah. every single one
0: yeah. So you need Honestly,
1: like every product on my side. Yeah. I think
0: so you take like 500 and change. You need three hundred and fives. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's fun. Um, that's- okay. So yeah, so basically that's like a little bit of USN. It's, it's interesting, man, that show this, the time, the timing is hard because it's labor day. So I really wanted to do it this year. It was a nice way to connect with people. Like, I don't know if I will be able to do that show again. Just like with kids, I I remember like five or six years ago, a couple makers dropped it and it was, that was the reason they're like, it's labor day. You like this, our kids are going back to school next week. You got to spend like the last month of summer prepping. Um, so I don't know, trying to figure it out, but.
1: it's interesting. Yeah. No, I appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I'm deep in thought now, but any other, uh, interesting happenings?
0: Man, well, I think like you and I, our schedules are starting to like link up again, which is pretty nice. So we should theoretically start to be back on track for recording. Yep. Um, I just I feel like the summer, like for both of us just got so busy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Looking <laughs> forward, there's the holidays and all that. But like Blade Show West is sort of the big, the big That's hurdle. The big one. And then I don't have a whole lot other than just making knives, dude. Yeah. Like just moving forward yeah um,
0: that's where i'm at i cleared the schedule for the rest of the year um so I'm not going to blade west uh i don't think i'm going to do any other shows i'm in this new working method i'm tr- i'm going to start trying to can shows as much as i can like that's a bad sentence but uh essentially stage a show like 80 percent so that if if I have like time availability, I could get ready for a show in a shorter kind of like window. Yeah. Uh, As of right now, my next show I'm planning is blade Texas, which
1: is like the end of February. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Kind of prime the pump and kind of ready to go. Yeah. Blade Texas. I need to get, I need to get that on my radar. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. You know, and like for me again, like that's, Look, I look at the shows where the biggest kind of densities of like my customer base and like friends are mm-hmm. right. Texas, that's a very good one. A yeah, lot of people are starting to go to it. And so it's like, a that's a great show that people are excited about where I can go and like connect, yeah. um, kind of, you know, switch around. So I think right now I am one show probably to two shows max for the foreseeable future. I just have so, so much work and such a limited amount of time. But I think that in one to two shows a year, I can, I can create kind of like the value of doing shows. Cool. That's the plan.
1: Cool. Um,
0: so what else, man? What else do we
1: got? A little pivot. I've got a dual monitor. I've got, it just reminded me because I've got it in my card on this other monitor. Um, I am, Looking at pivoting to vacuum forming Kydex, Ooh. and I think that I'm getting sucked into that vortex quickly. Oh and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna probably jump on it. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for you. I think so. Uh, I think it solves a lot of our not problems, but like I said, we have a we have stable and reliable. We have yep. sheaths that work every yep. time. It works. Yeah. It's now it's not efficient enough. That's what right. we've arrived at. We have an idea for a knife coming that is gonna increase our kydex demand a lot in theory. Okay. And we can't do that knife unless we're faster with kydex. Ooh. And so it's uh I've got this vacuum pump in the cart. I was just doing some research and we've got to figure it out figure it out. Um and like I said, I ordered some material to prototype this knife. I've three D printed it. It just can't happen without vacuum forming. So here we are.
0: Okay. That's super exciting. Yeah, I don't. I have going on process wise. Um, nothing. Just more laser. Like I'm just continually learning the laser. Yeah, cool. that's like that's been the fun one. Um, I got a question. Jump way back to the beginning of the conversation. Uh, we had talked. So one of our goals with this collab is like cross pollination. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we sent out our newsletter. Okay, to our customer base, directing them to your site. Do you have any sense of what like how much of that was sticky like he- did you see new people sign up for your newsletter
1: so that yes yes and yes there was a heavy influx of names i don't recognize awesome and I, I have gotten to the point where when i launch a new model usually the first sales are not new customers that's kind of like what i've seen as a pattern mm-hmm. there are some but usually i see the same handful of names like right out the gate and i'm like I, all I have to do is scroll the orders and I can just recognize names. Right. right? This time was different. I, a large percentage, I did not even remotely uh, recognize really the names. Um, so I'm just direct assumption. Obviously they yeah. had to have come from somewhere else. So yeah, it, in that regard, I think it was success.
0: That's and cool.
1: so the only thing I'm thinking is that I'm curious because like I had even a couple of my customers say like, yeah, I went in to, to get one. They were already gone and they were, they were bummed out. I told them there more were coming. But I think there's also on my side, I don't think my customers that have bought my knives in the past are very aggressive with the, like, I'm going go to wait and refresh, 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 refresh. Right. And so it's like, I think some of my customers were like surprised that this was a small batch and it went quick, mm-hmm. but I think your customers are so familiar with that, that they right. treat every drop like that. Right. Um, so I'm curious to see if that'll flip, if it, If like on the next round, now my customers are more aware that they're like, oh, I have to be fast. Like for the first time, they're really motivated to do do that. Well, that's
0: kind of my question too. Like there's a point where like production will satisfy probably like some of like the demand that's coming from my side and then you will have some more organic or like you'll just have people who are not willing to like try and jump at something. But who make it and there is stock and they're like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy one today. That is, this is kind of a hybrid thing from the way that your business model works and the way that my business model has worked, which is like, we've always done drops. You're doing kind of made to order. And so this, this is the first time that it's kind of been, yeah, like a hybrid. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So yeah, I'm curious to see how that shakes out.
1: No, it's been very successful. I got to say, man, I appreciate you working with us on this. It's like, it's cool. It feels good. Early days
0: of anything are fun, man. Like, like the Blade West thing. Like you're getting in at a point where you're like, yeah, I've done. Okay. I've been to every single one of the Blade Wests in Salt Lake or something. That's cool. Yeah. That's how this collab feels. I'm like, yeah, because we were talking about that not too long ago with like some of the early guys from like CRKT where you're like, they're 30 years in now. That's
1: super cool. You don't yeah. get
0: to start that very often.
1: You're the Ed Halligan of Schwartz knives now, dude. Yeah, I mean,
0: <laughs> that's, I don't know. I think I'm, I can't take that cause he's way smarter than me,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't take that because I don't know if I'm going to be able to have the Keep designer me going for 40 years, the designer, uh, dude, catalog that crkt has either it
0: is that that catalog is wild um are you in the are you in um, crkt underground mm-hmm. on facebook yeah mm-hmm. dude there's knives that pop up in there where i'm like if i hadn't seen the picture i would never have thought about it again but i knew it existed when it existed yeah and just like makers and like eras and all like that it is so deep oh. like I wonder if anyone will ever do like, if they'll ever get to the point where like someone does like a a complete, like, like a book, like a compendium of models, because it, it's such a huge cross section of custom knife makers and designs and technology and models Mm -hmm. that I actually think it would be like, like I've got a sick book on Jimmy Lyle, like it's super cool. The history is different. It's a different industry component.
1: That's one cool thing about CRKT is like the fact that they're kind of cleaved to the hottest designers that they can find means they are kind of cleaved to the trends of the day. Yeah. So more so than other companies, you'll see the story of the knife industry in their catalog over time, over time, whereas like a lot of other companies, like they have their vision that they're, they're in their vision, which is good and fine. Like there's no problem with just a different method. Yeah. But like with CRKT, like they are, they farm design out of the blade show type sphere and it's like so they by nature like they reflect that. It's interesting. Pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. We need all right. I'm excited to start talking again. Um I wanna get into like some trends and yeah. things that are coming down the line, things that are shifting. Um anything else for today? Like we're I feel like kind of that was pretty good check-in.
1: Yeah. Um I gotta think for just a second um that about wraps it up i'm sure as soon as i jump off of here i'll think of something but no
0: cool um i'm getting ready to do my next downshift we need to get back on schedule with those i've never i still can't get over i still call it red x in my head and i'm still struggling with downshift so yeah (laughs)
1: yeah i know it i know it i went to put a red x on my calendar oh dalton and i did a downshift did i did i say that on the pod
0: uh yeah, I do. I think we talked yeah. about that. Yep.
1: Yeah. Briefly. And yeah. So, it's good. I, I I go to put a red X on the calendar on that day and I'm like don't do it because it's going to it's going like, to stick. Yeah. So, good stuff well, though. I might take it back.
0: Um all right, cool. Um guys, thank you for listening if you are still listening um through all of the <laughs> the crazy delays recently. Um if you got a turn, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thank yeah. you, thank you.
0: Uh, we will, uh, we'll talk next week. Yeah. All right. Take it it easy.